Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games on this uh, PHLY Friendsgiving Thursday, <laughs> and we are joined by one of our great friends today. Not only am I your director of fun and games, not only do we have Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, but it is the one and only heart and soul of Broad Street Hockey, Miss Kelly Henkel. What's up today, Hanks? Little disappointed that neither of you is nude. We're streaking. <laughs> We've gone streaking, and no one is streaking. I was wondering what direction you were taking. Yeah. And I'm like, no okay. commitment. Three here. in a row does. Uh, it's a streak. It's a winning streak. Lou Brown, to, according to Lou Brown, three is the beginning that's of a streak, streak and right. they have won three in a row. I guess. I guess that's just where we have to start. Because this fucking team, man, uh-huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> they start a four-game road trip by losing to the 0-10-1 San Jose Sharks. I am furious. Uh, I'm ready to just go. I don't care who the – Cal Peterson starts every game, 82, whatever. Uh, then they go on to win the following two games, back-to-back nights, Ducks and Kings – two teams that had taken them apart in the previous weeks. Yeah. And they round it all off with a solid victory in Carolina. The first time they have beaten Carolina in two years, first time they've beaten them in nine attempts. It was November, I believe 12th, 2021. Uh, yeah. The last time they beat the Carolina hurricanes, it was under Elaine Vigneault. Uh, Patrick Brown got an assist oh, geez. Oh on the game-winning goal. Wait, was that one of Elaine Vigneault's last wins he coached with it, the Flyers? It, it, he must, have the next month, it must have been. Right? It must yeah. have been one of the last ones because like their record wasn't terrible. And I'm like, oh, and then he's done pretty soon after that. Uh, it, it just, I it, all things I looked up uh, for the post game last night. Charlie was unable to be with us because he was. There was a concert at Union Transfer last night. And I was like, if this son of a bitch is literally right there, we're waiting. I'm waiting to see it let out. And then he's coming in for post game. Oh, Don't man. care how drunk he was, but you were not at that concert. Yeah, it I was, was at, something I was at the TLA. Yeah. Okay. A okay. L- little bit further. A little further. I'll allow it. But just like right now, this team, what? Like, what are they? Like, uh, Charlie, I saw you tweet, like, I've seen a lot of are they actually good discourse. And. I don't think it's are the the discourse I was seeing was not are they actually good? It's the Flyers are good. Yes, Yes. (laughs) correct. I will say I do not expect them to make the playoffs Uh, right now. They have the same number of points through 16 games that they did last season. Right now is about when the wheels started to come off. They had a couple of runs last year that that ultimately they finished seventh instead of like third worst. But like. This team is just playing better. Yeah. They're they just are. a much better to watch team. And I don't know if they're actually good, but I'll tell you if the power play was just not a zero, like if it, if it was a D, yeah. like if it was a D plus instead of a, an incomplete, if, if like, they were in double if, digits, if Tyson Forster <laughs> had more than zero goals, hmm. this team would be kind of good. Like, am I crazy to say that? No. no. I mean, they definitely would have won quite a few of the games that they lost <laughs> had they simply scored a power play goal or two. So it's not unreasonable to think that if they continue this level of play and fix the power play, which honestly seems impossible to me at this <laughs> point, since the power play might be like the nexus of the curse, because like a million personnel changes, coaching changes, 
system changes, everything changes. It's as terrible as it's ever been. So I don't, I don't know how you fix it. But if they do, they could be, you know, a little, a little something. I, I think the power play is going to get better. Just well, it because can't get worse, Charles. I, I think. Well, but that's the thing. Like when, 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 I, when I say when I say it's going to get better, they will yeah. score I don't mean that it is going to be good. Fifteen percent is still really bad, yeah. but also double what they are. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I don't envision a scenario where they finish the season at seven percent. But I also don't envision. This is we've debated the power play a I lot don't envision on the show, it, but like but it's possible. Yeah, it could happen. yeah. We debated the power play a lot on the show, and the point I will I've made before and I will make again is that while I don't think the power play is this bad, true talent wise, it should be better. And Rocky Thompson, the coach in charge of the power play, deserves criticism for oh, not making on, it better. However, just because it should be better than this doesn't mean that I believe that its ceiling is that of a good power play. Like I think its ceiling is something like. Know maybe 17 18 percent efficiency which still ain't great but it's, it's better bad. than this and and i do think it will it will be get mid. better it will it will get closer to that point just because like they're gonna luck into some goals here and there they could be mid they, they could be some, mid. like they got some tools that's it it's be been yeah. i wanted to do the power play later on in the show because there's other <laughs> stuff i thought was more important we have done a ton on the power play but i uh i have here in the outline what they've done on the power play every game they have scored in through 16 games 13 times they have gone without a goal on the power play uh they have not scored yet this month on the power play they have not scored in eight consecutive games that is hilarious they, they are they are oh for november that's they're oh for november <laughs> it's been eight straight games going back to the last time they scored was against anaheim on uh, October 28th, they had this little stretch here. These back-to-back games, well, two games in a row, the 26th and 28th, they go two for three against Minnesota. Then they go one for four against Anaheim, and it's, ah, all right, so it's not terrible because yeah, they'd, only had, they they'd only had one power play goal up until that point, and it was a one for six effort against Ottawa. So it's like, okay, they're figuring it out. Three for their last seven, something it's going to come of this. And then they go eight consecutive games not scoring a power play goal. Like we talked a little the other day, and I talked last night with JP. Like looking at Travis Sanheim's even strength and five on five scoring numbers, if he just had a couple of cheap power play assists to throw in there, he'd be scoring at the pace of Quinn Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> but they never score. And like I'm looking at it like, okay, we assess the individual there. I look at the overall team and I'm just like, what would we think of this team if some of these offers were like one for three instead of oh for four? You yeah. know? Yeah. It's just they'd actually be kind of good. Ah this team might have and like Charlie, there is a ceiling on this power play. Like who's the quarterback? I don't know. It doesn't look like Sanheim can do it. Doesn't look like York's the guy yet, at least. Yeah. So who's the pa- who's the quarterback? I don't Risto's know. Risto's coming back, like, maybe. Oh, maybe it's Risto. <laughs> they got a lot of they, running backs, they no got, quarterback. Yeah, they got net front <laughs> they do have net front presence Risto coming back soon. So hopefully they get something out of him. <laughs> but it's just very it's just another we've been running through all the ridiculous things about this team. They can't score when they have an extra guy. Yep. Someone asked in the chat, is the penalty kill still outscoring the power play? I think it's it tied. For a, it's it's tied. tied. All right, there you go. <laughs> One, two, three, Bonkers. four. Yeah, it's still four. They haven't scored yet yeah, this month, so it's still 4-4. Four, four. Four, four. They don't have a shorthanded goal recently. I can't. So, yeah, it's 4-4. Four, four. Uh, just absolutely. Of all the ridiculous things this season, this one might be the funniest so far. Just like... 
They have a positive goal differential. They're playing well. They look like a decent team, far better than I think a lot of us expected, Kelly notwithstanding, because she picked them to win the cup. Yes. Uh, I don't think Stand you actually it. picked them to win I the did, cup, but, but you do did, every it year. Surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> you do every year. So. Yeah, yeah. But you also have to make your, your realistic prediction. I have to be a professional, but, sort of. Yeah, it's overrated. It's just this team, I, it's fun to look at what they are and, like, well, if they just keep building on it. Mm-hmm. But they have something at least fun right now. They do. And the, the thing that's extra wild about the power play for me is that, like, we know how much of hockey is just luck. Like, people don't like to admit that it is, yeah, but, like, a pinball. large portion of hockey is simply luck. And they can't get a little bit when they have an extra guy <laughs> on the ice. Like, no bounce off of someone's skate. Like, nothing. Nothing. It's just... it's. It's insane. In a time in the game where it's just all like everyone get in the best possible position yes. to score and, just and the, the other team can't guard you man on man. It's like, no, we have literally no chance. I was joking around with JP on post game last night. Like you get if they get a power play in the third period, it would be more beneficial for them to go. We don't want it. Take two minutes off the clock. Well, it was funny. What if you take two minutes off the clock? I I was (laughs) watching the game this morning because I wasn't able to watch it last night. And when they got the power play in the third period and the announcer goes, and this is their first power play of the game. I was like, oh, that's why they're winning. That's why they're winning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, Before we move on to some of the stuff that I wanted to get into, I got to tell you about our new partner, and it is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because, listen, I've told you plenty of times before, my life pre-PHLY was routineless. My schedule was different every single day, but now that I've got some normalcy back, I want to try to be at least a little bit healthier. I want to uh, I want to live long enough to spend the money that PHLY is paying me, quite and honestly. And see the Flyers win a Stanley yeah, and, Cup. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I don't, I, if AG1 <laughs> can keep me alive long enough to see the Flyers win a Stanley Cup, everyone should go out and get it right at this very moment. But AG1 is a tremendous way to kick off my morning routine. I drink AG1 every morning to start my day, and it makes me feel like I'm just doing something good for my body because I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves and just starting off on the right on the right foot. One scoop of AG1 for me and some water, maybe even a little coffee. It's uh, a another wild. another podcast I listen to that advertises AG1. The host is like, my wife puts a scoop in her coffee. I was like, I'll give it a shot. Actually, not that bad. Uh, I'm uh, like I'm getting my dog's breakfast and his medicine together uh, before I've even taken a shower or anything. I feel like I've accomplished something, and that sets me up to like keep going through my day. You know how like all those rich people are like, wake up and make your bed. You'll feel like you accomplished something. <laughs> and I'm like, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. Nah. Uh, AG1 is like something you can actually do that benefits you that's not just wasting time making your bed. <laughs> uh, if a comprehensive solution is what you need for your uh, from your vitamin supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash flyers. That's drink ag1.com slash flyers check it out yo this is another sponsor that i actually use like i am the target audience for this podcast (laughs) somehow it's me personally 
and the audience. Dude, we're doing good. a good job with our advertising. Yeah, you guys are getting good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have like things that were actually like I'm not making it up. Right. No, like it's it's actually cool. <laughs> like actually they sent good. us they sent us the AG one, and I gave it a try. I was like, oh, this is actually it's actually something I could do because like I'm not it's drinking not like a protein shake or anything, but this is different than that. And it actually tastes pretty good, which is, it looks like the color of the ground, all those powders, Yeah, yeah. but yeah, like it actually tastes kind of good. So yeah. you're, uh, you're missing out if you're not using AG one and Agreed. use, uh, use our little promo link that I gave you. So we get credit for it. Cause that's <laughs> what it's all about at the end of the day. All right. So last night, the flyers beat the hurricanes as we as discussed. We all predicted. Uh, yes, of course. You know, first time in two years, yeah. Elaine Vigneault was the coach of this team. The last <laughs> time they did it, which doesn't feel like that long ago, but also, yes, it does. It, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. oh, we've aged so much yes, over like, these two years. Yeah. That's one of those <laughs> things that feels simultaneously like six months and seven years ago. Yeah. yeah. They do it with, a lineup that just looks a little different than the one we've grown accustomed to. Uh, second straight game, Bobby Brink is a scratch. He is the lone member of the uh, of the healthy scratches, with the extras being sent down before they left for uh, before they left for Carolina. And we saw a swap between the three and four C's. We saw Ryan Paling bumped up. We saw Noah Cates bumped down i want to start with brink and the entire rotational situation there i don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't play 82 games this year yeah. if it's there's such a thing as a rookie wall we didn't even expect him to make this team if he needs a day or two in the press box just to kind of reset get back to the level he was at a week ago so be it however they have now beat the Kings and Canes without him. Uh -oh. And as we saw go down with Morgan Frost, yeah. all of a sudden team starts playing well and you just kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yep. When do we be go from, ah, it's just a game or two to, yeah, this is kind of bullshit. Like when do we flip that switch? Cause I'm not there yet, but I need him to play at least once this weekend. Yeah. I, Look, I would rather Brink be in. It's it's a bit frustrating to me that he's out. That said, and, and this is was, was brought up on Twitter, which I think was a fair point, is that like compared to Forrester, Forrester played a full AHL season last year, got some time in the NHL, played a lot of games. That was his first, you know, big a lot of games season. I guess you play more games in juniors too. But Brink was a college guy. College guys don't play that much. They play so, on weekends, yeah. and that's it so, for a few months. And even last year, he missed half the season because he had the hip thing and then came back midway through, so he didn't play a lot of games in the AHL last year. So I, I understand and I acknowledge that there might be value in pacing him out a bit just because maybe you don't necessarily want him to play 82 games this year because he's never played anywhere close to 82 games in a season and, and at least anywhere at a high level. He might have played 82 games when he was a kid because he's a kid and they just want to play he's hockey on every six day. different teams. Exactly. And just, yeah. So I, I acknowledge that. However, I don't think Brink was playing bad. And this was my my concern that I had with with the Frost one, not the original Frost one. That was mostly just that I was annoyed he was out for five games. But when they scratched him the second time, the, the, you know, the, the one game scratch where it's like, he's not playing poorly. Why are you pulling this guy out? I didn't think Brick was playing poorly. I didn't think Brick was playing as well as he was playing at the start of the year when he went on that run and had people talking about possible Calder, Dark Horse thing. But he wasn't playing bad. So I, to me, I don't want him to be sitting for a week and a half after not playing bad. Because if he's up, I want him playing. So I'm a little frustrated. But as you said, I'm not coming with pitchforks yet. I just think that 
it, it would be better to get him in games. This season, while we are off to a fun start, things are going well, we're learning about a bunch of different guys. If it's not about dudes like Bobby Brink, what's it about? Exactly. Well, exactly. the thing that's frustrating for me is that Tortorella keeps saying that it is, but then he keeps doing <laughs> other things. It's extremely male behavior where you say that you're going to do a thing <laughs> and then you do an, a different thing. So like he keeps saying like, I'm prioritizing the kids. I'm, you know, I'm, this is about develop, whatever he, he says all the right things, but then like, you can't like every time a kid makes a, a mistake, like I'm interested to see if Zamula is out in the next game because he had that real big turnover. He hasn't been playing that well. We're going to get to Zamula. It will not shock me when he comes out. You guys have said a million times that like you have to let them make these mistakes in the NHL on the ice if they're going to learn not to make them anymore. And if you're going to pull these kids out every time they start fucking up, they're not going to get better. Like they have to make the mistakes, learn from the mistakes and correct whatever led to the mistake. And you can't do that in the press box. So if he's sitting for a while, like it's a problem and you drop Kate's down to the fourth line because he was, you know, struggling a little bit, but like, he's going to be your guy. Ryan Paling is not going to be a part of this team in the future. Yeah. The, the Paling stuff is fascinating because on one hand, I agree with you that like, I don't, when I'm thinking three years in the future, that depth chart that I have in my head does not include Ryan Paling. No. However, he is only 24. He's the he's same, the, he's I the same age as Noah, Noah Cates. Cates. I always forget he's that young. That's the no, problem. And that's, I want to like... It's the mustache. I want to group, <laughs> group all these guys in like because it's all the same conversation. Um, like, you know, Morgan Frost comes out of the lineup because the coach honestly just doesn't like him that yeah, much. That's yeah. Bobby Brink, it's like, yeah. okay, he's young. He's going to come out. He's going to get scratched. The coach really likes Noah Cates. So last night, and I don't know because I don't know how you watch the game, Charlie, but on the broadcast, they made a point of saying, and clearly they got this from the coach. Right. They did not say Noah Cates got demoted. It was John Tortorella moved Ryan Paling up in the lineup because he wants to get him going. Aha. This is a man with like one point. Now, listen, he scored, and I like Ryan Paling. I think there's a chance he is what we think Noah Cates. Like, there's a chance he's what we – it's possible. I'm not saying it's going to happen. 24. Yeah, like, they're the same age. Um, Noah Cates, though, yes, he's got the details of his game, the defense, the small things. He's got three points on the season. He has gone pointsless in 13 of 16, I believe. Uh, he is producing absolutely nothing offensively. And while the defense and all that stuff, you watch how this team plays team defense, clearly very important. The culture of the little things, blah, blah, blah. The details, all that is hugely important for this team because they can't win without it. They can't win on talent, but the third line center needs to have more than three points in 15 games. I'm going to push back on you a little bit. And I'm not compare. I'm not saying Noah Cates is Sean Couturier. So everyone settle down. But but when Sean Couturier first came into the league, there was a solid couple of years where you heard a lot of Flyers fans saying, "Oh, he sucks. He's a three C, nothing more," because he wasn't scoring a lot of points. And Noah Cates is a very similar kind of player. So maybe we just need to let him get there. But again, you can't get there if you're not playing. I will. 
the difference being Sean Couturier came in at 19. I'm not saying he's the same. I'm just, no, I, I understand the comparison, and I do believe like Noah Cates deserves the time and opportunity. Yeah. Because who the hell else you giving it to? If like it's him or Ryan Paling, it's like, well, who cares? What's the difference? Like, give it to Cates then. But Couturier came in at 19 and had a role on a good team right away. Yeah. Noah Cates is on a rebuilding team, and it's like, I don't know, man, score a goal. No, it, no he's, you know, store brand. Yeah. Sean Couturier. Just a store brand yeah. Sean Couturier. He's 24. No, he's he, not he, 19. Look, look, Cates needs to score. Um, but I do think it's interesting, this, this Paling thing. I want to dive into this a little bit because... I think we, and, and I'm certainly guilty of this. In my head, I don't think of Ryan Paling as one of the kids because they just signed him. You know, he he wasn't somebody they drafted. He's a guy they picked up kind of off the scrap heap because he wasn't tender to, you know, a qualifying offer and whatnot. And I don't think of him as one of the kids. But I guess he kind of is yeah. just as much a kid as a Noah Cates. And if Ryan Paling, like... John Tortorella did this. He did it on Saturday. That was when he first moved Paling up to uh, to play with, I believe it's Farabee and Lawton on that line. He got the, the the second game yesterday, scored the goal. I think part of this is Tortorella wants to find out what he has in Ryan Paling. Yeah. And, and look, like Ryan Paling very well might just be a fourth liner. That might be all he is. Honestly, that's what I think is He's all he is. a good fourth liner. However, however, maybe there's more. And I don't think it's a bad thing for Tortorella to be like, let's give him three or four games in the top nine and see if there's more. And if there's not, no big deal. He can just be a fourth liner for his whole career, or at least his whole career in Philadelphia, however long that is. But hey, if there's something else there, maybe we can see if it's there. Maybe we can unearth it. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, Paling to me, I kind of got in the habit of thinking him as just, oh yeah, Paling doesn't matter. Scratch, yeah, scratch him to get, you know, to get Frost back in. Scratch him to get Brink back in. Like, why is he playing over Bobby Brink? But there is an element of, hey, maybe I need to open my mind to the possibility. It, it might be slim. I may not even believe it, but maybe I have to open my mind to the possibility. Like, hey, maybe Ryan Paling can force his way in here and be part of this. Maybe. For context, Ryan Paling taken. <clears throat> Two picks ahead of Morgan Frost in 2017. Oh he was boy. taken 25th overall. Yeah, and let that. us not forget, after one career game, he was the all-time leader in goals per game. <laughs> Three goals. He scored a hat trick in his debut. Your Calder pick. My Super Calder star. pick, who then he scored like 10 goals since then. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, like, there might be something a little extra there with Paling, and I think it's fine to find out if Noah Cates is going to be the 4C. Maybe Noah Cates is just a fourth liner, Maybe. and he'd be a damn good one. I'm totally fine with that as well. But I want to put this in the context of some guys get the benefit and some guys don't. Yes, Morgan Frost doesn't, and it's, listen, we've heard it. Morgan Frost does nothing but score, so if he doesn't score, he cannot play. But it's like, well, he can't score if he doesn't play. So, huh? <laughs> But anyway, Tyson Forster. Tyson Forster, we talked the other day. Like, all of a sudden, the details of his game are getting better. Like, he's instead of, oh, man, I got to blast the zone and try to cheat for offense. He's, like, honing in on making sure. He basically, he's, he's making sure he stays in the lineup even though he doesn't score. Right. Uh, but... We keep hearing certain guys have to produce some offense. Noah Cates bumped down in the lineup. Wouldn't mind if he gets scratched once, twice. Like, do you think there's ever a possibility we see Cates and or Forster scratched? Yes. 
I could force her especially. Yeah, look, like they just seem like both seem like Torts's guys, they are. and I think yeah. it's a real test of his bias that like Brink and Frost and these dudes are on the bubble, and it's like, yeah, Noah Cates has three points, but. He's got to yeah, stay in yeah. for reasons. Yeah, I, I think it's possible. I do agree, though, that Tortorella, like, they are his guys. He is biased in favor of them in a way that he's not biased in favor of Morgan Frost in particular, maybe not even Bobby Brink. But I think it's possible. Like, look, I've been very happy with Tyson Forrester's details. I've liked what I've seen That's in his good. game. I think he's made a lot of good plays. That said, like, at some point he has to score. And if, he doesn't, and if he doesn't score... He can't be here because I'm sorry. Like, I think I, I did an article yesterday for um, for diehard members and I was looking at every single player and their future fit. And I was like, look, I think Tyson Forrester, his stock is steady in terms of his future fit because I think they like him. I think Tortorella believes in him as a player. However, like at some point, he's got to stop pacing for 18 points over an 82 game season. And if he doesn't stop that, then he's not an NHL player because I don't care how good he is at the details. Like you can't keep around a scoring winger that doesn't score. Now I think at some point he will score because I think he's talented because I'm seeing the process be strong. And I think the flyers are going to give him every chance to do that. However, there is a breaking point with Tyson Forrester. There is a moment where like, if we get into December and he doesn't have a goal, they need to have a hard conversation internally of like, hey, maybe this guy should get sent down for a couple weeks to get some goals, and then we can bring him back up. Kelly, how do you think, and like, we don't know Tyson Forster on a personal level. He hasn't been here that long. No. Only had a cup of coffee up in the NHL last season. But in general, how do you feel about sending a dude down to find his game? Like a guy who showed us that he's an NHL player in his brief call up last year makes this team out of camp if not on merit at least on the strength of that and it's like well we think he's better than Brink but Brink's yeah. making it so but like do you feel like that could affect him negatively like if they were to send Tyson Forster down how would you feel I mean like Charlie said if he continues to not score goals it might not be a bad idea because I, I do think that getting reps in is important. Just like we talk about goalies all the time. I think it's important for goal scorers to get their reps in and he will score goals in the NHL. I don't know enough about him. Like you said, as a person to know if he would have a bad reaction to it, like Wade Allison apparently had a little hissy fit when he got sent down. I'm assuming he's over it now. I think he's playing better. I but, would hope so. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, Maybe Forrester would take it poorly. Maybe he wouldn't. Um, if it were me, I would rather go play games than sit in the press box. So if those are the options, I think it would be better to get him up to Allentown to score a few goals and maybe get his swagger back a little bit. Because he was definitely one of those players, I think, that had a lot of I'm a goal scorer, yeah. you know, swinging dick energy. Um, and he's obviously not going to have that until he starts scoring goals. So, you know, I think like a lot of fan reaction would be would depend on who the subsequent call up is. That's fair. Like that if it's is if true. it's Ollie Lixell, who everyone likes now, happy. If it's Cooper Marotti, who it's like he's an AHL player. <laughs> yeah. Sad. I'll yeah. be upset if it's not Wade Allison. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> yeah. It ain't gonna be Wade Allison. I, know, I, don't, Wade think, Allison. I don't think Torch likes him <laughs> at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I think like part of the demotion was a test. And he did not pass. <laughs> it was at least assumed he would not pass the test, and they got to go, 
Oh, we were right. Yeah. Like, I do think that's at least it's a, yeah. a uh, small part of it. Listen, calling all card collectors. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all your favorite card brands like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Shibe Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? Wheelhouse, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop in either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days a week at 11 a.m., and use code PHLY to get ten or $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Also, be sure to give them a follow at Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. So go to uh, one of their locations in Wayne or Westchester. Use code PHLY. Get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Love a good in-store discount. Uh, back to the Flyers. Back to the Yay. Flyers. So we talked a, a bit about the the forward situation and... I don't like I'm talking to Vince and he's like, maybe they just need to trade someone. And eventually, yes, but Not now. I think that they like that. This is a fight for playing. Time. I agree. I do now, think they like that. The I fans wish, might not like it, but I, think I they wish like certain it. guys weren't in is the fight that they're in. I wish other people were in the fight that they apparently are not. But I agree with the idea that this is a meritocracy. I don't hate that on principle. The defense, uh, we're going to have some things happening real soon yeah. that are going to upset some people. Um, if Mark Stahl can play in one of the two, at least this weekend, Igor Zamula is not going to play. Yeah. No. He's going to um, uh, Like, I don't want them to, but like moving Sanheim to the left might be the thing. But just on, on Zamula, uh, he played, his playing time keeps diminishing. He's not really, like, he's the clear number six at this point. Yes. It's no. Well, Nick Sealer too. Like we'll see. No, like Zamula is six, and the top five are well, like a, yeah. a class ahead of him at yeah. this point. That includes he, Louis Belpedia. It does. <laughs> Louis Belpedia has been good. He's been yeah. fine. He's yeah. been good. I have his numbers somewhere. Like he's him. he's like uh, three points in his last six games or something. A couple of goals. He's been pretty good. I like him. I Louis Belpedio could be worse, and he's. Right now, until Risto gets back, one of the only two other righties. Yeah. Like, if they want to just make this thing work, lefty righty, uh, Louis Belpedio might be in the everyday lineup. I, I, I would assume that Louis Belpedio goes down one because they can't. One would have because to they assume. can't send. They can't keep nine defense. They can't send Zamola down without waving him. I don't mm -hmm. think they want to wave him, even though Zamola, and we'll get into this in a sec, has been playing super well recently. So to me, Belpedio goes down once one of or both of Stahl and Risto are back. It's interesting, though, that you bring up the, the idea of, of moving Sandheim to the left because I, I, understand I, where, want to. I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, okay, once Risto's back, then suddenly, you know, you've got, you got Walker, you've got Risto. Like, you don't need Sandheim playing the right side, and they don't have, especially with your kind of being eh, you don't really have that clear-cut number one left-handed shooting defenseman Sanheim would be that guy. I honestly, I was thinking about this because going back to last year, the the LA Kings had a glut of young right-handed shooting defensemen. That's one of the reasons why Sean Walker ultimately got moved. 
but they did at times last year use Sean Walker on the left side. It would be fascinating if they they move Walker up and they have a righty playing the left and a lefty playing the right. I but I, it, it, it would be funny. I would love it so much. I need it to <laughs> I honestly like just trying to like you, I put like I'm trying to figure out what the right combination is and I'm unable to like crack this code. Yeah. Like I'm just moving stuff around and I'm like I have several different combinations written down for us to discuss and honestly I can't figure out what the right call is. Right. The easiest thing to me like just is Sanheim Walker, but Charlie suggesting it that they play the opposite they sides. Like Walker Sanheim. Like it's yes. it's basically a power play, but all the time where you're playing on the opposite sides. Yeah. Uh Sanheim Walker, York Risto, and then some stalls, Amula, Sealer, Balpedio, maybe because he's a righty sort of thing. Uh, but like what do you think they're gonna do? Well, like if you just and it's it's John Tortorella and the Flyers, so it's like oh, actually we signed an animal to play defense, like Frank the animal, mm. no, a turkey an for actual. Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, I I would be surprised if Risto wasn't on the top pair when he gets back. I really I would be. So there was a, there was an interesting little aside. Oh, um, that I I didn't I I kind of regret not pushing towards on it. I don't think he would have given anything, but I would have just it would have just made it a little bit more of a thing. This was, I believe, it was it was the last day they practiced in in Voorhees. So that would have been Tuesday. Tuesday. We we were talking to him about this idea of mentoring and, and like the, the defenseman mentoring people and, and having, you know, showing a good example for the kids. And I think it was it was Jackie, the new uh, the new inquiry writer, basically said like even just having Mark Stahl and Ristolainen and like on the ice, d- does that help in terms of mentoring the kids, even if they're not yet in games? And Torts basically like didn't really yell at her, but basically said like, <laughs> I'm not even going to go down that road because I don't like, he was kind of implying that like one or both of them are not being great mentors. And I don't, think it's stall so i so i kind of wonder if like they might be a little annoyed with risto i I, look i might be making this up but it just if you go back and listen to the interview it's clear that like torts wants to tear into somebody or tear into a concept and decide it not to and it's hard to believe it's stall exactly that's his guy he's here for this reason (laughs) and it's Uh, i mean to be fair I don't want Ristolainen teaching anyone anything. He's still <laughs> he's actually not good. <laughs> he's being taught still how to play NHL defense. So he doesn't need to be teaching anyone. Like so, that's a kind of a fair. I, I just wonder. This is my favorite part of the rebuild is trying to get into the mind of the lunatic that is the head coach. <laughs> but yeah. it just it it struck me as odd, and also like i could see this because look the risto situation has been weird in that he just he was about to come back then apparently had a setback dropped off the face of the earth now he's back skating and thinks he's going to come back soon i do wonder if there might be a little drama behind the scenes there with i I just wonder because it 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 very much raised a red flag hearing that answer not answer from torts which is why i'm a little skeptical that they're not just like you said they're just going to throw risto on the top here I think there's a chance I, Risto might have to earn his way back up the lineup if they're not super happy with him at the moment. Like, I like the idea of there being drama. So I I'm gave just going to go with that. I gave you what my easiest, like, I think the easiest pairings yeah. could be. But I kind of, as much as York has just been meh, I kind of just want to keep throwing these minutes at him and yeah. see if he ever... So, York Sanheim stays. 
Then you go stall Walker. Okay. Stall in your top four. I mean, that, that's not, what it was before he got maybe hurt. Maybe not ideal, yeah. but it is yeah. kind of how they see him. And then Zamula and or Sealer with Risto. One of the two lefties, one of them's the extra, and then they play with Risto, who is a righty. I don't hate this that. This is probably how it's going to go. Yeah. I yeah. don't hate that. Yeah, you, you assume Elpedio goes down. You have and, to assume. And one, one factor in here, too, which, let me put it this way. I have a hunch that if they were, if they had more defensive depth a few weeks ago, that they may have scratched York for a game. And mm-hmm. I don't think that York, like, I don't think we should look at Cam York as, as a guy who is like a Sandheim where, yeah, he ain't never coming out of the lineup. Like, I think York is in a position where if he has a couple bad games and Torres doesn't think he's playing with the kind of aggressiveness and assertiveness that he wants out of York, that York, York isn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility that York could get Maybe not put in a rotation, but maybe get one of those wake-up call scratches that he gave someone like Morgan Frost. <laughs> that would be... I would not have a problem with it, especially if it's like a game, you know? That's the thing. A game. But I, there's just defensemen playing better than him. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing. is like when I'm talking about a potential Sandheim Walker, it's not because like, oh, I want York out of here. Just like, listen, man. Walker's He's better. Walker's been He's really been considerably good. better. Yeah. Like his shift, he and TK's shift on the eventual TK goal last mm-hmm. night. Like they killed it. it yeah. Like great. they are playing very, very well. And that leads me to Sean Walker. 16 games, seven points, plus six, over 21 minutes average time on ice, turned 29 three days ago, which is the red flag in this conversation. There's not a world in which extending him makes sense, right? Because people are starting to ask me, yo, is this going to happen? Like, are they going to do this? And I'm like, what What does he need to do to get the extension? And my answer is de-age himself five years. <laughs> I was so upset when I read that in the outline. I was like, why would you put that? into the I universe just, people, because it, it, it's no it, it, people are talking historically I, I, it's an extremely flyer thing to do I, I don't know if it's a briere thing but it's a flyer i thing. don't think it's as dumb like look would i do it no i would trade him i would say this is found yeah, money in the pro drop deal piece. let's let's get a, a prime asset because now like he's, he's playing, a first round he's pick. Playing, yes I, I don't think I, a right-handed defenseman would be, at the look, deadline look, it would be freaking awesome if they could get a first round pick for Walker. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying that, like, Tanner man, Gino that just would be went awesome. For a first. Yeah, but he fights. No, Tanner God. Walker's a right handed defenseman. Fair. <laughs> and he's, like and the he's same not a look, thing. Look, I'm, I think the Flyers, if they put him up for, if they put him on the market, they would get a nice return. They should ask for a yes. first round pick. And if somebody gives him a first round pick, fuck yeah, great job, Danny. But I don't think it's, look. If they're going to talk extension with Sean Walker, they should not be offering him a six, seven-year deal. Like that, that, the, that would yeah, be bonkers. However, and I did actually do that purposely, I could see them looking at Walker and saying <laughs> bonkers, he can it. be the bridge to Bonk, where it's, okay, let's give him like a two, three-year deal, have him be a quality defenseman. We don't have a ton of right-handed depth in the pipeline that's close. They have Adderd, but I think they're... They're not quite sure what he is yet. And Walker can be that stabilizing right-handed shooting defenseman along with, with Risto. I could see it. He oh, probably wouldn't cost all that much. Would I do it? No. But I don't think it's a I don't think it's it's so dumb that I would eviscerate them for doing it as long as it's a short-term deal where the idea is you can be a quality top four defenseman for a few years before Oliver Bonk is ready to go. 
And with the cap going up, you can always trade him later. That said, I can't imagine his... I can't imagine his value is ever any higher than it is now. that's the thing. Like, you can always trade him in a year or two, whatever, but then he's a 31-year-old with a much bigger sample size of, okay, actually, he's he's a lot closer to a 4-5 than a 3-4. Like, you know, it's... I just... And and he's an expiring contract. So a team that's looking to load up for the playoffs as long as it's not the Flyers pushing for the playoffs. But if a team's looking to load up for the playoffs, but they don't want to have a long commitment, you know, they just want that rental because their cap situation is precarious in the future. Walker has that value. He brings that value as, you know, he he gives us our, you know, another solid right-handed shooting defenseman, and we don't have to worry about the fact that he's on our cap for three, four more years. This is going to be one of the most interesting decisions that Danny has to make in his early tenure. Like I have this guy, like the Owen Tippett thing to me is a no brainer. Like, obviously you don't want to give him 7 million or something, but he's a 25 year old who had a coming off a 27 goal season. He's on the same scoring pace. He was at this point last year, six goals through 16 games. We took him with the second overall pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Former second overall pick notoriously in the 2017 draft (laughs) flyers moved from 13 to two and got him had nothing to do with Claude Giroux. There's no, no one Patrick never existed. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Like to me, that one's the no brainer. It's like, yeah, because he's 25. Like extending the 29-year-old in the season in which you said we're rebuilding seems like you've lost the thread. Like this team overperforming expectations is not bad to me as long as I've said all along, like I the Jalen Hurts, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah, yeah. As long as Jonesy and Danny keep their eye on what was really important, which is three years from now. It doesn't bother me if they're a bubble playoff team and maybe they don't pick where they we want them to pick, but it'll all be okay as long as the organization as a whole operates the way it should in a rebuild. Yeah. If they lose sight of that, now we're just, it's 2016 again. So like also, if I'm Sean Walker and I continue playing this well and I'm 29. I want to hit UFA. I know this is my last chance to get overpaid by some team that needs a right-handed defenseman. Yeah, it's a good point. So, like, why would you take, like, a two-year, $4 million deal or something when you could hit the market? He's getting five easy. Easy in UFA. In the year. Like, one, stars don't hit free agency anymore. No. It does not happen. Two, the year the cap's supposedly going up. Yes. And three, like, yeah, you're a right-handed defenseman playing 21 mm-hmm. minutes a game. You're going to get paid. And like if you're he continues fucking, to have a good season, like you're a number four who's going to get paid like a number two because this is how free agency right, works. Exactly. Yeah. Get the bag, buddy. I I don't know. Like, I guess where I'm at is I would trade him. Yes. But yeah. But I don't think it's lunacy to to consider resign. At the very least, <laughs> they should have a conversation with his agent and get an idea. A, does he even want to stay? Yeah. And B, if he wants to stay, what would he ask? And that's, I honestly, after we had this conversation, I think it makes way less sense for him to want to sign than the Flyers. Like, I don't think it's the smartest thing for the Flyers to do it, but I get it. I think it makes zero sense. Unless it's a six plus year deal. No. He should be like, no, 
Yeah. You can sign me on July 1st after I hear yeah. from everyone else. I was going to say, that's the thing. Like, I'll come back yeah, in I'll August back. if no one but, wants me, yeah. but yeah, I'm like, going to see. I was yeah. a throw-in. I was just yeah. living in L.A. Right. Like, now I'm over here. I'm playing for fucking John Tortorella. <laughs> but that's a lot of fun. <laughs> I think he, in, in fairness, there are I, dudes I, I, who think like he, I think he loves there it. There are dudes who really like, love I, it. I do have this feature coming on him, hopefully, in the next couple Ooh. days. Um, but I interviewed him for this feature, and he basically said, like, one of the reasons why it's clicking so quickly for him in Philly is because Torts is telling him to do all of the things that Sean Walker always wanted to do. Be aggressive, pinch as much as you want, you know, go out there and attack. <laughs> and basically, like, I think he probably really likes this, this, this stylistic fit. Maybe, you know, he can roll his eyes a little bit at Torts because I'm sure everyone in that room rolls sure their eyes a little has bit. To, like, everyone rolls <laughs> their eyes at their coach sometimes. I mean, I'm sure there's certain times Bill Belichick says something and Tom Brady's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, you guys have been to like 12 Super Bowls. It's like, I don't care. I don't want to hear this right now. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it happens with all players at all sports. But I think but he likes playing the guys under who, him. Yeah, the guys who seem to take to it really take to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this team has been a lot of fun to watch recently. Maybe you want to get in on some of that fun. They're going to be home this weekend, back-to-backs. That first one against the defending champion, Vegas Golden Knights. I called them the L.A. Golden Knights last night. Uh, sometimes you just say shit. Uh, <laughs> but if, whether you want to see how good this team stacks up against the defending champs or you just want to see how awesome Vegas is, you got to do it with Game Time. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so last night about... 50 seconds into the game or so we see number one defenseman louis belpedio <laughs> get the puck to morgan frost morgan frost make a quick pass to owen tippett and suddenly the flyers are up one nothing nice morgan frost cashed his uh plus 154 over 0 0.5 points that was real nice but what was especially nice is he extends the point streak to three games Suddenly, because Owen Tippett is scoring, it looks like Morgan Frost is doing better. Yes, and he know. will, in all likelihood, remain in the lineup because he is creating offense, producing points. I am very much looking forward. And I maybe he just scores a point in every game for the rest of the season. Morgan Frost is awesome. Problem solved. Love a point per game. That would be great. <laughs> that would be super. Yeah. Uh, or... More likely, there is a game in the very near future in which he does not record a point, at which time I will be very, very excited to see how John Tortorella handles that. 
We have spent so much time talking about Morgan Frost in this show because it's it's fucking insane. At this, honestly, I don't want to talk about Morgan Frost, but like we have to. We have to. It is an interesting storyline. I don't know ultimately what Morgan Frost is going to be. I'm not going to pretend to be some prognosticator. I think he's a pretty good player. I want to see him play more. That said, he might just like be bad. Like who knows? Eh. Anything's possible. How he's bad. I don't care how this ends. Like. I am endlessly entertained by Torts and Frost. This is my Taylor and Travis. I love this so much. It is like, I'm like, okay, but Morgan Frost, when he doesn't score a point, what's going to happen? This is like the devil on Tortorello. Like, yeah. like, this is my chance to get break back yeah, in. Out. Yeah, like, <laughs> paling 2C. Like, what, what do we see? How do we see this going from here? And like, is Morgan Frost playing considerably better or is he just feeding guys who are scoring? So I think he was playing well before he just, the guys that he was feeding weren't scoring the goals. Now they are. So he looks better. I do kind of think that the second there's a game that Frost doesn't have a point and they lose Torch is going to be like, all right, there it is. Yeah. Bye. Well, Bye buddy. But yeah, like yeah. I, I put that in one of my stories that it's just like his comfort move. Yeah. He, 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 like oh we lost and played bad and fr- and, and like frost didn't have a point hit the scratch yeah, morgan frost out. button like that's that's his first instinct now i think he over these three games has hopefully built up a little cachet you know he's he's got some money in the bank he's made now. some deposits he's made some deposits got some money in the bank with the coach i would hope especially because like i thought he was fine against carolina i don't think he was incredible he obviously had the the nice pass to tip it that said that nice. that's a hell of a shot by tip it yeah. I mean, that was it's wild. What happens like Tippett not finishing has a, you know, has a breakaway, has an empty net goal, has another goal, like right in front of the net. All of a sudden that awesome wrist shot. Oh yeah. I can shelf this shit from like the fucking blue line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I do, it's I, crazy how that works. Yeah. I do think though that Frost played really well yeah. against LA. Yeah. Like I thought yes. that was, that was a fantastic game by him. And I would hope that, you know, the next time that Tortorella is considering scratching Morgan Frost, he remembers that game. And he's like, oh, yeah, this kid is a guy who I want to see more of. I want to see what he can become. I don't just want to reflexively scratch him at the first sign of any trouble facing the team. Because, like, look, yeah, they're on a three-game winning streak. I got news for you. They're going to lose some games. Like, it's going to happen. Or the team will never lose again. <laughs> or they won't. They're just going to march on to the cup. You know? <laughs> who, Kelly, I think this is the most important question. Huh? Who gets the cup first? Oh, man. I guess it's, <laughs> it's Lawton. Is it Lawton? Is I it, guess it has to be. has been here the it's longest, It's got to be Lawton, right? right? Yeah. He's the only one with a letter, but like <laughs> theoretically, it should be Gaturier if I they just, do. I, someone asked me this the we other day, and I was like, it. that's a good question. We, we are really going down the rabbit hole, aren't I, we? Listen, yes. <laughs> we, we do a show every day. <laughs> Sometimes we got to throw in some funny shit. Um, I think I have another read again. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> something about wearing jerseys and letters and stuff. I love those. Uh, it's very easy you know, forget it. This is the FOCO read. I, I don't know how I'm going to set this up. <laughs> you tried. FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you name for, need for game day. Or maybe you're in the market for some accessories, toys, collectibles, or novelty items for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set. You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly's 
Sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of the show. And for all non-presale items, use promo code PHLY for 10% off. Shop at FOCO. I promise you, it won't be the worst place you shop online for officially licensed gear. Uh, <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you that's got to be one of those things every, where, like, when, when Foco hears that, they're like, "We don't, we're not telling you to say that, yeah. but we kind of love it." You really shouldn't, but it's yeah, true, that's that's what we're so, going for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they've never sent out a, a jersey with a crooked number. I, you know. I, <laughs> Anyway, anyway, <laughs> y'all know who we're talking about. Shop at Foco. <laughs> Shop uh, at Foco. 10% off, P-H-L-Y. Um, I just have to, before, I wanted to get this in today. I listened to it on the way here, and honestly, I was a little bit of an emotional mess listening to it. Uh, ESPN, The Drop Podcast, it's Wish and uh, Arta Ocal. They had a, uh, an interview with Brian Boyle. And he's talking about hockey fights cancer. Mm-hmm. Have the tissues ready. Oh, no. uh, it's it's really fucking good. But I do want to uh, recommend that to everyone out there listening. It was hockey fights cancer night. It's all month they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, a goalie can't put the ribbon on his helmet. No, but it's how we're we're no. supporting. We are supporting the uh, the hockey fights cancer yeah. foundation. Either way, uh, just a few minutes left in the show, and I wanted to leave time for this because it's. Kind of the sort of thing we might have talked about a lot on BSH, but we don't always have time for the wider topics on the show with the new format. But sounds like changes could be coming to three-on-three overtime. Uh, And I got to tell you, I don't get why they're trying to fix something that people like. Why do they always do this? There's like 10,000 things that every rabid hockey fan would tell you is a problem with the game and the league. And they're always like, yeah, but people keep circling back on three on three. So and like, it's not it's not what it was. Like, we all remember the, the coaches that for, ruined it. Yeah, that's it, like, first of all, if you want it to be like it was, you should kick the coaches yes. off the bench. Yes. Honestly, I don't think coaches should be allowed on the bench during games at all. They should be <laughs> up in the press box like offensive coordinators. But anyway, if you want to fix it, no coaches on the bench. Yeah. That said, this might not be the worst thing in the world if it's like a um like a half court violation like basketball rule in lacrosse like you have the the half court and then there's like the box and you have right. a certain amount of time to get yeah. it in the box and it, like if you spend too much time basically on the perimeter dicking around it's a turnover like it say you can't say you can only circle back to your side of the neutral zone you can cross half ice but you cannot cross your blue line. That wouldn't be horrible. <sighs> I'm too old to learn new rules, first of all. <laughs> but it's just like, like could, could you just make it 10 minutes? Like, that's all we've been asking for. Could yeah. you just make it 10 minutes? I, I think that's the frustrating part is that the solution is so obvious yeah. here. Like, it, look, it's so obvious that even John Tortorella has advocated for this. I believe John Tortorella's quote a few years ago was just play three on three until we die. Kill the shootout. Yeah. That'd be great. That seems to be the real issue here is that apparently everyone else in the world except me hates the shootout. <laughs> I mean, it's fun objectively, but it's dumb. I don't get what. Listen, it's, I, this is, I liked ties. I, ties I don't, are fine. I had no the, problem with ties. Like, they want to so badly avoid the shootout. That is the entire purpose of the. How do we. Because uh, I think last year it was. 
69% of nice. games, nice, that ended uh, in a tie-in regulation, ended in overtime, did not go to a shootout, and that was the best number ever. If you want to get rid of the shootout, just get rid of the fucking shootout. <laughs> I like it. Boom. I'm not saying get rid of it, but if the entire reason you're trying to change something people like is to get rid of this thing people don't, just get rid of the thing people don't. <laughs> yeah. I really like it's just the simplest goddamn it's up to This you. is one of those and like only the NHL could like how do we get rid of this thing people don't like? Fuck with something yeah. people like. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it's insane to me their thought process. Another simple solution, take away the loser point. If you lose, yeah. you get At least nothing. Go 3 2 yeah. 1. Yeah. Like that's the like regulation wins try to incentivize like a tie game with 90 seconds left you better Both go teams are like fuck this let's get our point yeah, yeah. you're on the road and you have the puck you're like we did our job we got a point exactly. on the road yeah. exactly get three two one you don't even have to get rid of the loser point because well, they should though uh, they should but gms will never vote for that because gms would lose their jobs faster yeah. yes yeah but they, they like, want they want the extra points to pack yeah, their stats exactly. and make it look like no, their teams are better than they we didn't have a 70 point season we had an 82 point season yeah like, yeah uh, no you job. didn't uh you lost all those games <laughs> those were losses yeah but like there just seems to be like, if they did this i don't think it's horrible but if it's all about avoiding the shootout, I know how you do that. Get rid of it. And I like it. I don't want to get rid of it, but clearly you do. It's so galaxy do braining. It. It's just, everything has to be galaxy brained. It, yep. it's, like you could just make one simple little move, but you're like zigzagging all over the place doing dumb shit that nobody wants you to do. And then you're going to change it again in two years because it's going to be stupid and no one's going to like it. Like it's just do the easy stuff. The, the simplest possible thing is like not even 10 minutes, seven just add a couple more. If this was seven or eight minutes, it would never go to, to a shootout. Like it's, it's already at this point, I think I heard today the average overtime is three minutes and 20 seconds. Like it, they get about halfway through. I, if this was seven, eight minutes, it doesn't even need to be 10. It, it just, you'd never go to a shootout. Also, who cares if it ends in a tie? Yeah. Yes, you're keeping fine. the standings the exact same way. Yeah. We call, you know, we call seven, seven and one 500. Like the standings are exactly the same, even though you've changed T to OTL. Yeah. Like it's all the same. Ties were fine. It has not changed. So I, I, I'm just, <laughs> I do, I do love that from, uh, from one of the commenters while we're at it, the NHL clearly needs to outlaw power plays. It's not working for us. So bad. You no, know, now you're on to something. <laughs> Honestly, you're on to something listen, I said last night, I think the flyers should decline it and say, we will subtract two minutes off the clock, please. Yeah. Let's do That's a football thing, right? You can decline penalties. <laughs> yeah, let's sure bring can. that in. Yeah. yeah. Decline in the power play. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. No, nah, we're good. We're, we're good. actually much yeah. better. Five on five. Can we just take yeah, the other team has less? Yeah. yeah. For some reason, yeah. listen, we've explained it to them. The team's real. We've tried to tell. The team's real bad at math. They don't like it. Uh, all right. Uh, do we have anything else? Are we, are we done? I think, I think we had a good show. <laughs> all right. And that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for the day. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. You know what you got to do. Uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast wherever you get those. It's all good stuff. So do that. Go to allphly.com. Read Charlie's articles. Become a diehard member. Oh, the 25th, next Saturday, a yes. week from Saturday, 
We're doing it. We're it's do a watch party. It's a watch party. New Ooh. Wave Cafe, Flyers Islanders at I don't seven thirty. I believe seven thirty. Seven thirty game. Yeah. yeah, there we go. We have the uh, we have the thing. Make sure you come out for it. You can check our socials for uh, a link to register. Do not worry. There's no cover charge or anything. When it takes you to the Eventbrite site, we're just trying to get a head count. They're not selling you tickets. It's uh, there's no cover charge. So just check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Charlie and I are going to be there. We're pretty sure we're going to be able to do our post game remotely there but if we have to come back to the studio we're staying the whole time it's going to be great hopefully hinkle's able to make it out as well all right that'll do it for us for kelly for charlie my name's bill Matz. have a great week philly mm -hmm.